Level Playing Field, a podcast where a group of longtime friends get together and talk about the world of video games. Today, we're talking about our favorite games of all time. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I am your host. Joining me on this episode, we have Aubrey Kimball. Hello, everybody. How's the microphone, Aubrey? Oh, it's finally working. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nothing like a little bit of technical difficulties to get the blood pumping. Woohoo. What a way to kick off the weekend. Right, Joe Summer? Right. That's all you get. That's all I was expecting. Also joining us on this episode, we have Caleb Van Ice. Hello. I don't have like an introductory bit, but I figure if I can talk long enough, I'll find one. No, not working. All right. Nothing's funny coming to my mind. Where I should stop talking. Haven't done so yet. We'll do now. Okay. Introduce the next person. Please make me stop. I, th- I think talking too much is your bit. And <laughs> rounding out this group, we have Dylan Wren. Hey, people. I just he hit stole my mic, hey, so that'll be a nice little thing for Tom to edit out. So You know what? It is what it is. <laughs> this is episode 99, and speaking to that point... Just a quick reminder that episode 100 will be our final episode, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, We're going on hiatus, focusing on some other things in life that need to take precedence, but the social media pages will still be there. The podcast will still exist. You can go back and check all the episodes maybe you missed. You can go listen to episode one, Bastion, and hear where we came from (laughs) and how uh, we were all dying of the flu, which, you know, in retrospect, probably didn't age well that we were all just sitting there recording a podcast sick together. But, you know, we came a long way and we've done a ton of episodes and we've had a really good time. But yes, the next episode, episode 100, that will be the final episode of Level Playing Field. By now, that should be out there, should be on all the social medias, should be well known. But Just a quick reminder at the top of the show, since last episode we announced it at the end, so who knows, maybe some people just got tired of that before they heard it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just to get that out of the way. This episode, however, since we are kind of rounding down, winding down the show, figured we'd just do kind of a real broad, kind of easy to talk about, but also maybe we haven't actually dove into it specifically kind of topic. And that is favorite games of all time. And I want to start out keeping it broad. I want to talk about that as a concept first, like our favorite games of all time. Like I'm pretty sure that all of us have at least a game, maybe a couple that are fighting for that title of, okay, yeah, this is like my favorite game of all time, or these are my favorite games of all time. So I kind of want to talk about like, how did they get to be that? Like, what is the the criteria? What are we talking about when we say favorite game of all time? Is that like, once I've decided this is my favorite game of all time, it can never change. Just those kind of nebulous concepts to talk about for a little while. And then we can kind of dive in and maybe give props to the actual specific games that hold those titles for us. It's a good, it's a good question. Cause I thinking about it for myself, you know, like I constantly am jumping around between games and like hyper fixating on one or two. And then, you know, after a, a couple weeks of doing that, 
uh, moving on and never touching that game again. And so I guess part of what I think about when I think of like, what are my favorite games of all time? And I, I think of the ones that I keep going back to, you know, like there are a lot of games out there that I'll get on and I'll play for, you know, uh, like I said, a week or two and then, you know, not finish and, and just kind of be like, all right, I've gotten what I needed to out of this game. I'm going to move on. And, you know, there, but there are some old kind of, or not old, but like there are some that I just keep going back to like ones that I will never uninstall from my, my hard drive. And, you know, I may not play them all the time, but they're ones that I will boot up uh, pretty regularly um, and, and just kind of jump into. Um, That's a really good criteria, I think, because when I think about like the top two on my on my mind, they're games that I've replayed multiple times, multiple ways for multiple reasons. And it's like, yeah, those two games, I don't ever really see myself pulling them off the hard drive. And I know that if I was ever like down or bored or just had an afternoon to kill and didn't know what else to do. Like I know I could jump into those games at any point and have a good time. So I I do think that is a, a good criteria. Yeah. Mine's kind of similar, except for me, a lot of the ones that I go back to are actually ones from like my childhood. I'll go back and seek them out. Nostalgia is a huge, huge factor for me. So as I was thinking about like what qualified as my favorite games, it was a lot of games that I played like on the GameCube or as a kid with some newer series and stuff that I've played more recently also making the cut. But but yeah, it is the ones that like I either sought out like a cartridge for it if it somehow didn't survive from childhood or they're games that I've held on to since childhood that I can just go back to at any time when I want to. So nostalgia, but also kind of falling in line with what Dylan was saying with, you know, just that familiarity in a game that you, you'll you never get mm-hmm. rid of because it's comfortable and you can always return to it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think what Aubrey was saying was good too, because, you know, it's like those games that produced like that sort of feeling, you know, that like super fun, like your nostalgia in a way is just kind of like going back to like, that mindset, that feeling that you had back in the day. And, you know, sometimes our favorite games are, you know, like there are some that I might never replay, like, or I might boot up and be like, oh, this doesn't really hold up that well. But Mm -hmm. I still kind of think fondly of the game itself because of just time and place when I played it, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder on our lists, how many of them are games that are from the last we'll say four years four years is a that's kind of little when did monster hunter come out (laughs) that would probably make it (laughs) but like mine will definitely if you would have opened that window to the last console generation then yeah mine would definitely fit in that in that window because i I think my, my personal like definition is that four years isn't enough time for like your life to be completely different than like and so it's like I just I'm I'm curious as to like how much of our favorites are current and then how much of our currents are just linked to like a time and a place kind of a thing. Yeah, cuz I was going to say I know if I'm thinking about like a top 10 or something, like the top 5 are pretty solid. The top 5 are not like they may move with each other, but they're like 
staying within kind of their realm. But then as you start getting past that, a lot more of it, I think, is more of that like recency of like, well, this is really good. And I played it like three months ago or whatever. Yeah, I get the time and place like not I wouldn't call it an argument per se, but thought because as I was kind of going through my list and making it like I put Night in the Woods just on the list of things as I was like word vomiting out like games that I thought of that I had a really positive association and I've bought it on multiple devices because I want to support the developer. But other than like the family Xbox that I played it on in like 2017, I haven't actually like had a solid playthrough on any of the other devices I've picked it up on because it was such a time and a place. And every time I think to go back in there, there are so many other options. It actually has a pretty high replayability factor, but the thought of experiencing it differently than I originally did doesn't hold much allure for me. Yeah. Well, that's something interesting is like, I can look back at childhood favorites or I can look back at games that were important to me, like looking at Caleb's shirt. Wind Waker would definitely make a list of like games that were influential and important to me as a kid and like growing up and definitely one of my favorite games. Is it like my in the top three? I don't know, but it's definitely like it would definitely make a list. I just don't know if it would make this topic or this list. So there is like some different you kind of have to frame it in a certain way. Yeah. Like if it's, you know, top 10 personal favorite game of all time or is it top 10 like with some context? Because I think about like, you know, Rock Band is... I I would definitely put it on some of my favorite lists, but like if I'm making a personal favorite list, it's probably not going to show up on there because I really only think about it in the context of like other people and like getting together with friends, not necessarily like I'm playing it by myself, you know? Yeah. Whereas like Andrew and I played Guitar Hero at least a fair bit, just kind of on our own. Oh, yeah. For me, the music games, Rock Band, Guitar Hero, like those would definitely make the list with Wind Waker. Now, would they make the my favorite game of all time? Like, probably not. But they were a huge part of my like teen years. Like, I did play those by myself. I did practice those songs over and over. I had songs on Guitar Hero 3 that wouldn't play correctly because the disc just didn't function properly anymore because I had played it so much. So... Like that definitely it it lines up with that kind of influential, like important growing up, like would make a top 10 list kind of game. But when I think of my favorite of all time, if like I had to pick one or pick three, it doesn't make that list. But sometimes, too, I think, you know, like your favorite game of all time, it's like you may not necessarily go back and replay it a ton because of just, you know, you don't want to like. I'm sure someone out there's favorite game of all time is The Last of Us 2. I don't know if that's one that you really like are just dying to go back and re-experience, back and again and you again. know. Yeah. Or or just, you know, time commitment wise, I'm sure there are plenty of like you know, I think about Joe, you you with like World of Warcraft, like and how much time you've put into some of your characters. It's like if you had to like go back and replay all the way up to where you are now with a completely new character to and do everything that you've done. Like that's just not feasible, you know? It's eight fourteen. Well it's seven fifteen. <laughs>
Kayla, what time is on the U.N.? It's past 7.15. <laughs> yep. I'm back. I don't know what that was. All right, you were talking about uh, Joe's wild characters. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, you know, if he had to go back and replay, like, and do all the old content that he's done again, because, like, I don't know, Blizzard messed up even more, and somehow his favorite character got just totally like destroyed and he had to like relevel and do all the old content and and all of that like how feasible is that kind of a thing how feasible is it to play a 100 hour rpg you know like persona 5 uh or something like that how how or feasible like is the that witcher 3 i mean how long to beat has that one at like 30 hours so yeah that's not accurate <laughs> i think it does vary too cuz like there are games that are experiences and are wonderful experiences, and you may count those experiences as remarkable, life-changing even. I think of when you, you know, you think about like a tough experience. I think of this game that I watched Markiplier and Jacksepticeye play called That Dragon Cancer, which is a game developed by two parents who had recently lost their five-year-old to cancer. Oof. And it just goes through their whole grieving process from diagnosis Why? to the I, it's a rough experience Why but would you play slash watch that it's it's beautiful and poignant and cathartic and Ooh. she clings to her faith and he questions his faith in God and it's this it's an experience and you weep and you go I don't want to do that again like that's a go back to it if you're like full of something and you just gotta let it out kind of a video or game or something Mm -mm. it's a wonderful experience it's beautiful Mm -mm. it's poignant but like this self-flagellation to experience it more than once so like how does that fit into a favorites ranking yeah yeah it's it's definitely it's silly like it's very silly to kind of just pontificate on like what is my favorite game in this hobby but it is like if you really pick it apart it's kind of interesting on like why do we why and how do we kind of come to that conclusion caleb i'm curious to to hear your thoughts on just the general the general topic of how do you choose your favorite games for me it's been a mixture of the two like it is long time listeners of the podcast i know i like old games i i still play old games i remember it, oh, it's now three years ago at this point. Time moves quickly. But I had a really stressful weekend. Like, and I just, I couldn't focus on anything. So I just replayed the original Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo over the course of like three days. Just breezed through the whole thing. It was a nice little like, oh, okay. I will still do that where I'll go slap back in old games, play play through Ocarina of Time, play through uh, Wind Waker, stuff like that all the time. So that when I think of like, okay, what, what does favorite game of all time mean to me? Is it just something I'll play a lot? Is it like a comfort game? Because that's not always entirely helpful either. Because, you know, one of the games I find kind of soothing could be Tetris Effect or it could be the 2016 Doom. Neither of which I'd sit there and go, you know what? This is my favorite game of all time. So for me, it has to kind of come down to a mixture of like shallowly. What does this say about me? Like, what can you learn about me from when I say, okay, here are my 10 favorite games of all time. I want you to get a good impression of like, here's the kind of things he enjoys. So it's got to be in some way like a microcosm of all the different things. On the other hand, it's got to be stuff I genuinely think excels in some way or another at what it does, or it has to be deeply meaningful or important or a big part of my life. So 
for me, it's kind of when I think together, like, oh, what are your favorite games of all time? I have a rough list of about six or seven in my head, and it doesn't really change much. Like, if if I had to elaborate to a top ten, I'd throw in a couple that are, like, hovering around there. But it's a firm mixture of, like, this is my favorite for this reason, that reason, and that reason. This is my second favorite for this reason, that reason, and that reason. This is my third favorite for X, Y, Z. Like, it's kind of a combination of, like, what does it say about me? Why did I enjoy it? What's the context for my enjoyment? What did it show me? How did I learn from it? What did it mean to me personally? Why do I think it's exemplary in just uh like we've we've talked my favorite game of all time before is Breath of the Wild. Not a not a shocker. I'll I'll actually talk about that one the least today just cuz like we've done an entire podcast on it. It has come up once or twice. But for me it's just like this is literally the pinnacle of what I want from video games. I want stuff like this where I can go on an adventure where it is essentially just an adventure simulator where I can have that fun. Uh the moment I realized, I was having a great time with it, but the moment I realized, no, this is my new favorite video game of all time is the uh oh, I can't remember the game name of it, but it's the Robinson Crusoe Island where you go and you lose all your gear. And you have yeah. to basically mm-hmm. forge your way through there. And I'm like, this is this tiny thing that I could have completely missed. It's entirely optional. This tiny thing is in its entire own separate event. It's not some substantial thing. It's just like a 45 ch- minute chunk of gameplay, completely optional and yet completely delightful and takes me on a new adventure, even though I thought I had seen most of what this game had to offer. That sense of surprise, that sense of wonder, that sense of adventure. It's like, that's it. This is the one. This is my favorite game of all time. And so it's little things like that that I'm looking for in addition, you know, some sort of X factor that goes that I can point to and say, okay, it's one of my favorites because of this. Yeah, that that island was definitely a big moment for me, too. Uh, Joe, I'm going to throw it to you before we actually transition into like talking about the games that have earned this high title from all of us individually but like do you have anything else on the kind of nebulous concept that you want to throw out there uh i mean nothing too particular beyond my thesis of you know how like i would be willing to bet the majority of our picks are games that are from longer than four years ago just because i think there's almost like an anti-recency bias and in this case okay um, I thought you were thinking they would be within four years, not no, no, it, beyond but, okay. beyond four years. Because I think a lot of our associations with the game are a time and a place thing, and so we remember less of how good the game was and more of how like we felt when we played that game, like where we were as as people. Usually, life was simpler, hmm. and so like for a lot of us that's like that game that you couldn't wait to you know get home from school or get home from whatever nonsense you were doing for the day and like go play that game again and most of us are at a point now in our lives where like that's less of a thing that happens and so like i think that maybe skews favorites a little bit as well as just like i don't know we have had some games that like us as a group we have played in the last four years that are older games that we have really liked but i've really been trying to think of like recent games that like we talk about all the time and like none are really coming to mind that's a that's a good point though because like last year our game of the year lists like 
Tom and I had Cyberpunk 2077 up there as like number one game of 2020 for us. And I've not gone back to it. And like, it's still a little early, but like, you know, even if we were talking like four plus years, I don't know that I would go back to it, you know, maybe to test it out, but I don't know that I would ever, you know, like you're saying, Joe, ever land in a, like, these are my favorite games of all time kind of grouping, you know, even the games this year that I've loved, like Hitman three and uh resident evil village, you know, like it's to me, it's still a little early to see if those will get at it. But I, I think you're right of, of like, if a game is a little bit more recent, I hesitate to add it to my overall games like favorites, you know, cause it's like, well, we'll see, we'll see if I get sucked back into it or if I am still yeah. thinking about it, you know, a couple years from now. The staying power is an important criteria. Mm-hmm. Right. As I was gonna say, it's gotta have that kind of staying power, but let me throw out a couple, let's transition into our actual games. And I want to throw out a couple things against Joe's, thesis and see how you guys think they stack up one for me bloodborne is obviously like in my top three i didn't discover and fall in love with bloodborne until 2020 maybe late 2019 it didn't come out then but i didn't fall in love with it until you know like a year ago So I don't know how that falls into Joe's criteria, but the other game that did come out recently and that someone on this podcast really enjoys, I don't know if you would say it's, I don't even know where it falls in your top 10, but Control, Dylan, you really loved Control. They did really love Control. I don't know if you would ever consider that in like a top 10 ranking if you're like, if you ever feel the itch to go back to that one, like where does that fall? It's one that I, I... think it was aubrey that was talking about it earlier where it's like some sometimes you just want to re-experience it for the first time and i don't baby (laughs) and like control is that is one of those types of games for me where i would i love that game so much but so much of the impact for me from that game was Was the experience of that first playthrough um yeah and i've basically hit the point in that game where i like did everything that I possibly could do without just like restarting a new game. And so I wanted to give it some time before I restarted a new game so that maybe I would forget some things. So that I But if they came out them. and they said like if they came out with a, for the current consoles yeah. with here's some DLC, like a little bit of DLC, like nothing. Yeah. Sub- if they gave me DLC, I'd be back. So. Just like a tiny little breadcrumb to get you back yeah. in, you'd be there, right? Same same thing. Yeah, like that uh the force or what's the what's the Jedi fall in order fall in order yeah like if they would just give me story dlc for that game i would jump immediately back in but so i i do think you bring up a good point though of like bloodborne i don't some from soft game is going to end up very high on my list too um it's going to be in the top 10 <laughs> from um, soft number one developer which yeah, game i don't know i don't know um <laughs> but but like you said, you know, there there are games that came out like Bloodborne would definitely be high up in that running. And it did come out longer ago, but I didn't play it until this year, you know. And so I, I do think you bring up a good point of like sometimes a game is just so good and so atmospheric and you love it so much that it can kind of break that recency bias. 
um, well, or like recency spe- anti specifically to what Joe was talking about. He was talking about like a game being a time and place, which is very much where my number one is going to be. Like we all know it's the Witcher three, but like that is very much like a time and place, a point in my life. Like I can associate that game when I fell in love with it to a part of my life. But Bloodborne has not been like in five years, probably. Yeah. I'll associate it with, you know, that year I was working from home and I had more time to play games and I was really like committed to Bloodborne and all that kind of stuff. But like right now it's not there yet. It hasn't been that, that long. And I'm still confident in saying like it's a close number two in my like favorite games of all time. And so it's like, but technically by Joe's original criteria, it came out in 2015. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, for your case, I-, I would count that as you know, like, as a recent example. Okay. So that, yeah, yeah it's not, it's not about the the game's release date per se. It's, it's more like more about when you when experienced you it. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like Caleb, you're you've been going back and playing a bunch of like older RPGs, right? Like you played Cro- Chrono Trigger, and I'm still in the middle of Chrono Trigger, in the middle of Dragon uh, Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. and so so a lot of those are older games too. Yeah, but if any of those topped up on like one of my all time lists, uh, as Chrono Trigger might, it's really good. It is also for me under jo- Joe's sort of parameters, it'd be a very recent game. Right, yeah. recently experienced is what Joe, I guess. Yeah, what like, you were saying. and I, yeah. I guess Caleb's and like Chrono Trigger is a good example of where my thesis is proven wrong. But it's like if this game were to come out today, and you played it today, would it be one of your favorite games? Yeah, like because you have more experience, you can compare it to more things that you've played and liked. Yeah, like I thought team fortress 2 was like one of the great i mean just the whole orange box era of valve in general was like some of the, the greatest games ever but like i think about specifically team fortress 2 and it's like if tf2 came out today but would i like be as into it what i think it's as great as it is what i think it's the like bar to meet for like team class-based shooters or would i just be like mm-hmm. eh, whatever yeah yeah, I do think that yeah, you do have to take into consideration that time and place when you're when you're having this conversation cuz it's not fair to compare Assassin's Creed 2 to Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Origins like just the technology just wasn't there the games games as an industry is still relatively young and so like and they're progressing in relatively significant leaps and bounds and so it is you can look back 10 years and say okay from a from a technical standpoint if this game came out now yeah i wouldn't look at it a second time but where i was at the time where games were at the time this was mind-blowing yeah like there i think that's a good point there is a lot of context you know and like the these lists are personal and these lists are constantly shifting you know and so i think that's kind of the nice thing about it is like on the one hand like you some of these things that we put on our lists are obviously going to be like looking back through rose-colored glasses of you know like does left for dead still hold up as a fantastic game today like if it were to come out today like i don't know 
but like we played a ton of it back in the day and had a ton of fun with it you know but then like you were saying joe uh, on the flip side of that it's like i'm i'm playing something new that scratches this same itch you know and like i in the past i would have said you know oh like dark souls 2 or dark souls 1 is like the best but now that i've played bloodborne it's like well, I really like that aesthetic and I really, you know, so it's like I, you have to, cons- I'm I'm now comparing it against other things. So mm-hmm. I, I think parry that's a good mechanic point. though. I well, mean, okay. you can parry in pretty much every FromSoft game. I, I well, will throw that out there. Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Parrying is an option. Can I parry in every single Dark Souls or every single FromSoft game? That's another, that's another statement entirely. <laughs> I can fair. parry in Bloodborne and Sekiro. <laughs> Aubrey? Yes. Give me your let's let's just keep this for the sake of time to our top two. What are your top two favorite games of all time at the time of recording this episode in the year of our Lord 2021? If you had to pick right now. The first that came to mind was Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Okay. I that is a good choice. Yeah, I enjoy the story. I enjoy the gameplay. There is the nostalgia factor big time. But even going back and playing it when I made it about halfway through on Caleb's Wii U and as I've been playing it very, very sporadically on Joe's GameCube, it's a little rough to look at on a 4K TV. However, However, Link's brooding demeanor still comes through, so... Look at that sumo wrestling scene. No. Oh, God. (laughs) I had forgotten about that. (laughs) I mostly remember the werewolf and the uh, Midna or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, paying attention to different things. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I sunk so much time into that as a kid. We had the player's guide to get every possible thing. I still think we didn't end up collecting all the pose, even though maybe you didn't. We knew I'm gonna were. go on record saying I did. Nobody can prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, we did we did play the crap out of that game. And yeah, that's a that's a great choice specifically was, to like yeah. our family personally. Like Twilight Princess, it feels like that game was always on the TV. Somebody mm-hmm. was always playing it. I think Dad even tried to play it at one point. He like, did. He made a character called Dad. <laughs> and he named his horse Butter. <laughs> you and I named our horses. You named it um, Safira uh, from Aragon. Oh, okay. And I did. Oh, um, wow. That's a throwback. Uh, <laughs> yep. I was going to say probably something, like Lord whatever, of the Rings. Whatever the horses was. Yeah, I think we we had just started reading Aragon when that came out. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah, that's that's what immediately came to mind. The next one that came to mind, and I'm going to cheat just a teeny tiny bit. The next one that came to mind was Mass Effect 2 with a very honorable mention to Andromeda. I know a lot of people don't like it. I personally didn't have a ton of time. I only played Mass Effect 2, really. Mass Effect 1... The the car, just that car. I The first mission where I had to get into that vehicle and attempt to maneuver around in that killed all the joy. So yeah. I skipped Mass Effect 1 and I played Mass Effect 2 and loved it. And then all the crap came out about Mass Effect 3 and I started it and it was kind of meh, put it down, never picked it back up. I didn't 
pick up a Mass Effect game again pretty much until Andromeda. I tried to play through the whole trilogy in college, got to where I got the first time I played Mass Effect 1 and said F this and moved on to Mass Effect 2. Have you played the remasters? I started. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how much they exploded. So yeah, I don't know how much they've like addressed the car. They've tweaked it a bit. It's still a lot of just like dropping you on a random map and drive around and figure it out. It still feels better, right? It it controls better, but it controlling better also reveals that it wasn't always just about the poor control. It was also it was just not very fun. (laughs) It's not good gameplay. Yeah. (laughs) So Andromeda gets an honorable mention because I put a almost honestly more time into Andromeda probably than I did two because two is a more linear story and Andromeda was designed to be more open ended. Had it gotten the DLC and the care that they were planning on giving it up until those final months of development where they went mm, just ship it out and we'll be done with it. It was Thanks fun. You. I enjoyed the mechanics. The driving was way better. You spend a ton of time in your vehicle in Andromeda, and it's fine. So I just really enjoyed that. And then my cheat would be the Tomb Raider series, the reboot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. The hub and spoke style, the combination of action and platforming. You could be more melee. You could be more of a distance kind of fighter. It was, and Which of really the three is stories. your favorite? Tough. In Tomb Raider? Yeah, yeah, in Tomb Raider, in that trilogy. Which of those three is your favorite? Probably the third. Yeah, I would say the exact same thing. And I know that's not like the critically like choice or whatever, but you know, screw those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. Honestly, I, I feel agree. like the, th- <laughs> the third was the most fun I had. I feel like it kind of cut loose. I feel like there wasn't as much of the like gritty mm-hmm. deaths and nonsense and stuff from the first two. And there was something like you could tell that the teams weren't the same on the third one because Crystal didn't have quite as much of a hand on it. And so like it had a slightly different style, like there was just something that felt a little bit, it felt a little bit more animated to me. Yeah. The first one had a really bizarre fascination with killing Lara in extremely brutal ways in any of your kind of cutscene. I will say that I loved the first one just because like yeah. it made Tomb Raider relevant again. Strong and, like story. it was a really yeah. good game. Yeah, strong story, great game. People gameplay. generally praise the second one as being like the best in the trilogy because it took what the first did, like kind of expanded on that and then the third one was kind of you know like it was wasn't fully crystal is a little different it kind of like had a shaky ending blah 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 but like i thought the third one the third one was the only one where i committed to like collectibles and stuff yeah for a lot longer than i did in the first two and like i just i had more fun with it as a game whereas the first two i kind of just like mainlined it was like that was a good experience but i will never go back whereas the third one i was like maybe i will just go screw off in this weird location and look for artifacts and tombs and stuff. So Yeah, no. I love Hub and Spoke, I think, is my style of gameplay. That's Have what I feel most comfortable God with. Have you played God of War? I haven't yet. You, it you is might like that. <laughs> downloaded on on my PlayStation. Like you, I played the first one. I really liked it. Sunk a ton of time into it. Watch behind the scenes stuff, all sorts of stuff. The second one, I feel like the most remarkable thing about the second one is that it builds on the foundations of the first and doesn't 
fumble it. Like, it's not outstanding to me in any way. I don't really remember much about it, honestly. Yeah. I remember the first and the third. Like, I really enjoyed it. And playing the first two, I was really excited. Like, I bought the third one the day it came out. I bought the big, like, exclusive digital whatever bundle thing for it. Totally pointless. But, I like, those two made me excited for the third one. The third one I 100%ed. I sunk so much time into that. Yeah. Admittedly, I was at a time in my life where I had graduated school, had not yet gotten my license to practice. So I just had this window. It was like, well, you could study or you could play video games. It's like, well, here's what I'm going to do. But yeah, it just, the gameplay mechanics really fun. I didn't like how they uh, nerfed the melee combat, as I've said in previous rants. It has been mentioned, yes. But even then, the controls were intuitive enough that it wasn't like... No, yeah. It, it wasn't a struggle to get through. I played it on like normal difficulty. Like I didn't even scale it down to easy or anything like I sometimes do. I will admit, I play games on easy. Oh, yeah. Me too. Guilty. So what I'm hearing is uh, Tomb Raider takes the place of Andromeda. Great, great list, Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I didn't play Andromeda. I can't speak to that, but I do... Andromeda I, had I so much promise. I played it after a ton of patches. Yeah. I played it after like all of the patches, so I didn't have any crazy facial glitches or whatever. I did go back to replay it at one point and was like mid-conversation, and the music just kicked in. It's like I'm in the middle of a very mundane conversation right now, and you're giving me these big like Inception blahs thing happening in the background. Yeah. We could dial it back. You should go play Cyberpunk when it released. <laughs> yeah. I did. Well, yeah, you, you you attempted it. Yeah. Cool. No, yeah, that's solid, solid list. I like I like that we agree on the Tomb Raider trilogy. That's interesting. Mm. Um Caleb, let me throw it your way. What uh, what are your like top two favorite games currently as of this recording of all time if you don't say wind waker you have to rip your shirt off all the buttons included <laughs> first well, of then all it would be breath of the wild and wind waker i mean it is actually breath of the wild and wind waker which is a little bit like a boring <laughs> we've discussed these to death. i love zelda it's it's really funny because for the longest time the longest time i thought my video favorite video game series as a kid and andrew will remember this was sonic the hedgehog and looking back on mm-hmm. it like no, was it? <laughs> it was not. It was always either Donkey Kong or The Legend of Zelda. Like those growing really makes you regret that Sonic the Hedgehog neck tattoo you got, huh? I mean, just a little. Bit, I mean, not so much now that Idris Elba's knuckles, but uh. <laughs> you guys remember that time we tried to like call into the four kids like some bingo like there was some competition that four kids was having. I don't remember it, but I believe it. I yeah, hundred percent. We were all very emotionally invested in <laughs> Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog X. and TMNT and Kirby and the fighting foodons. <laughs> yes, all of our introductions to anime. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, anyway, some one per- piece. <laughs> some person is sitting over there like, ah, uh, yeah, I got into anime through Naruto and Bleach, and I'm like, fighting foodons <laughs> and Sonic X. Gotta go fast. The terrible dub of Tokyo Mew Mew called Mew Mew Power. But heck, the terrible dub of One Piece is why for the longest time I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to that pirate cartoon that was on four <laughs> kids. And then I look it up I'm like, oh, 
I wasn't paying attention. It's one of the oh. biggest things in the world. <laughs> okay. It's actually really good, too. As But uh, you love Zelda. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's funny, because anyone who's got, like, an eagle eye on the visual thing will see my One Piece manga box set, like, right here. This giant wedge right here. Just 25 oh, volumes yeah. of One Piece. <laughs> Which is, like, the first chapter. You know, you okay, joke. Okay, we need to get off the anime. We need Let's to get off <laughs> <laughs> One Piece. <laughs> Zelda, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Zelda. My favorite series is Zelda, and yeah. I already explained Breath of the Wild is just everything I want in a video game. Wind Waker hit at a... It, it's a weird one, because like, the obvious one should be Ocarina of Time. That was the one I grew up, that was the one that intro- really got me into the series. And I avoided Wind Waker for a long time, because I'm like, I want something more like Ocarina. I, I dug Majora's Mask, but it would be years before I actually played through it, because it's kind of stressful and terrifying. Outrageous. But then it's like, mm, this one might actually, like, Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild are my favorites. Majora's Mask has, like, a decent place of being the secret actual best one. Um, it, it's, it's a beautiful game. But when Wind Waker- was the best, what's your favorite? Yeah, when it comes to favorite, Wind Waker gets up there just by being, I don't know, I cared. At the end of the day, I just have to care about characters and their stories and Link's quest to save his little sister and then save the princess. It was so endearing. It was. It did a really good job of capturing the like familial bonds and the like the kind of close to home. Like usually you play a Zelda game and it's like, oh, the hero of time fighting like the big ambiguous darkness and yada, yada, yada. And this is like my sister's kidnapped and she's like, there's pirates. And like, it felt very local and close to home and then it grew into like a big plot that you know was just traditional zelda but yeah it did a really good job of getting you invested early on by pulling on those kind of like local heartstrings yeah and it did a good job of like weaving in by the time you got to the big classic save the princess from the demon king you had gotten to hang out with the princess for most of the game like you you knew her so like saving her was no longer just like i have to do this it's like oh no that that's that's tetra that i have to like that's my I friend have, yeah yeah i have to go do this which, um which also, i will say is something that skyward sword does pretty well for all of the people the knocks that people give it like the relationship you have with zelda in that game really makes you care about her as a character versus a lot of the other games where she's just kind of this like ambiguous princess yep no they uh, i have many problems with skyward but the zelda in that one is not one of them there's a pretty endearing relationship between the two and also wind waker gets points for best ganondorf like that dude is yes. both heinously evil and also just this sad bitter old man who just feels like he he's he can fix it he can get back to what he's lost and that's at first it just seems like he just wants to go back and like I've made mistakes, and I'm going to rectify them, and I will have to do terrible things to rectify them, but I will rectify them. And then you slowly peel back the layers and like, nah, this dude's just evil. Like, he's 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 got this kind of weary sadness that makes him seem more nuanced, but like, underneath it is just a bitter, bitter man. And it's like, that's a lot of nuanced, like, characterization for a guy who in most of the other games is just screams and throws energy balls at you. Like, you know? Rah. Yeah. No, so really good stuff. Especially in a game that looks the way it does. I've often joked that it's secretly one of the darkest ones and it looks like a Powerpuff Girls cartoon. Like it it's all cutesy and chibi and everything, but like the heaviness of some of the later game stuff is a lot. And then the like, you know, 
You don't just like knock Ganondorf off a cliff and he falls and fades in the fog. You stab that guy in the face. Like it's oh, <laughs> all right. It is a bit more intense for a Zelda game. It 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 was quite a lot. It it's still probably like up there with one of my favorite ba- final battles too. Just it's oh, yeah, super epic. Sure. But yeah, no, those it I I feel bad. It's like oh, there's all these other games, but no top top's always going to be Zelda. Like honestly, it's kind of a surprise that the rest of my like top seven isn't. Zelda, just but... other Zelda games, just more <laughs> yeah. Zeldas. Just like, like well, all of the Zeldas. Yeah, that I those I just enjoy that series, and those two games in particular have both mean a lot to me, and also will. I've been fighting off the temptation to start up a new Breath of the Wild game for like the past couple months because I'm like I got to do other I'm, stuff. I'm right there with you. I I have to do other stuff. Um, and then Wind Waker is one I have played like every couple of years, partially because. One of the many reasons I like it, it's the breeziest and best paced of all the Zelda games, with the mm-hmm. exception of like how rough the first Forsaken Fortress ga- uh, section is. You can beat that game in like two, three days of concentrated play. So if you have like a long weekend with no work, boom, you're just. Especially after they like fix the Triforce piece hunt, like in the HD remaster, like because in the original version, that was a little bit of a slog. But yeah, like definitely the most streamlined of the 3D Zeldas. Awesome. Dylan, what about you? Top one and two, what you got? So, it should come as no surprise that Monster Hunter World and its expansion <laughs> Iceborne Never are heard of it. My, uh, my, my top game. So, I saw like a trailer i forget where it was originally if it was at like a like game awards type thing or if it showed up at an e3 but it showed up somewhere and like monster hunter was always a series that i was kind of like the idea of it sounds cool like i'd seen screenshots occasionally in like a gaming magazine or something like game informer or something and I always thought that it looked cool and interesting, but it was never on like a system that I owned because a majority of the time it's been on, I think it originally came out on like PS2 or something like that. And then it transitioned to like the DS, the 3DS, the PSP, the Vita, that sort of thing. So it's it's been major, a majority of the time it's been on things that I haven't had access to. And so I saw this trailer where, you know, it was like really good looking graphically uh you know this giant fire breathing t-rex crashing through this jungle and being fought by like people in cool looking armor with this with these like awesome looking giant anime looking weapons and then it was like and it's coming to xbox and playstation and you know and i was like (laughs) oh really xbox Um, and so i started like i added it immediately to my wish list i started following it and so like you know day it comes out i download it and just had so much fun with it like it's it's everything like we've talked in other episodes about like what draws us to games like what's our motivation we've talked about you know comfort food games we talked about like it's one that's fit into so many of these conversations that we've had already just because for me it is pretty much exactly what i'm looking for in a game um you know it gives me so much exploration it gives me so much freedom to do what i want and explore and and discover things and there it rewards you for doing it it's like oh you just killed this new monster that you've never seen before like hey go check out you know this cool new armor that you can now make and wear and you know it's it it's a game that i've sunk at this point hundreds of hours into and i still haven't 
seen every single monster in it just because it's they they supported it so well with like dlc and like uh events and stuff and so it it keeps expanding um i'm loving monster hunter rise on the switch and so it's you know it's it's one that just for me is kind of like that perfect game i don't know if it i forget when it came out if it's uh, but i want to say it's like 27 january is it it was that recent i thought it was like 2017 or 2018 maybe 18 Um, i don't know but yeah, it's 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 a little bit more of a recent game, but it's one that's like stuck around so much and one that I'll always just like, you know, playing back through it, like discovering all the new monsters, discovering everything like each each hunt that I would go on. I would be excited to like get to the next hunt because it was going to be a new creature that I'd never seen before because it was my first game, like my first Monster Hunter game. Um, and so for me, it's been one that is like. I I will happily say is my number one. My number two is 2018. Okay. Uh, Early. Like it was January. Yeah, it was very early and early. I remember when it came out because I did not know anything about Monster Hunter and I just saw like the aesthetics and like the monsters. And I think I sent a link to maybe you, maybe Braden, a couple other people. And I was like, this is multiplayer and it looks like a cool monster fighting RPG. Let's try it. And yeah. And I was like, I, I have it already. <laughs> yeah. And I bought it mm. and I, I enjoyed my time with it with people similar to like other, you know, wow division, any other yeah. games that are like multiplayer focused. And I had fun, but it definitely didn't like sink its teeth into me like it did to you. But yeah, yeah. it's and a great I- game. I will say it's one of the nicest online communities that I've ever been in. You know, like if you like you can do everything in the game solo if you want to. But if you open yourself up to like online co-op, you're not going to get a bunch of like tryhards who yell and scream at you because like you're not using the most meta of weapons or whatever. You know, like it's it's a bunch yeah. of people who are just like, oh, you like hunting big monsters? We like hunting big monsters, too. <laughs> um it's kind of like yeah it's like a godzilla fandom where they're like you like big dumb monster we like big dumb monster (laughs) like it's very very refreshing in the gaming space yes it is um like i it's it's surprisingly pleasant and nice and like even in like reddit which is you know like normally just a cesspool of (laughs) like negativity like that's one of the few things that i've seen that's like I don't really see all that many negative things about the game. It's mostly just people being like, I love this so much. Check out this cool thing that I just did or that I never knew about. Yeah. So so that's that's definitely my my number one. And if you're super interested, I don't know when this comes out, but I think it is currently on sale. I could be wrong on that, though. So my number <laughs> two game, though, is probably the controversial choice because i'm gonna give it to mass effect 3 mm, okay. but mostly because mass effect 2 was so good um, i was gonna say i already picked andromeda so i mean everyone has their own favorites mass effect 3 is mine just because like to me like it's not the one that i've played the most i've probably played two the most but three is the one that is like the culmination of these first two games you know like it's stuff that is set up in the first you know couple hours of mass effect one is paid off in the mass effect three um storyline 
you know, and, and just like some of the emotional hits that happen in three, you know, like there's still big emotional stuff that happens in one and two, you know, like you have to in, in one sort of the, the famous choices you have to, you know, make a decision. Like there's no option, like there's no way to save everybody. You have to make a choice between one of your party members or another, one of them is going to die. Um, and you have to do that. It's helped by the fact that both of those party members are not the greatest. Um, so <laughs> you're kind of like, well, I like this person less, so whatever. And then Mass Effect 2, like, obviously, you've got uh, the suicide mission where based on your choices and who you send where and what you're doing and and everything like there's a a random die roll that could end up killing them but three to me is really like you know there there are some where it's just like storyline wise like you're you're seeing the the wrap-up of like the the genophage like you're seeing the salarians and the um i forget their the the race but like rex and yeah, the Solarian and the Krogan like war that has been going on for years and years. Like you see the culmination of that, and you see the Geth and the um, Quarians, the Quarians kind of wrap up everything. <laughs> um, you also are at the same time are getting attacked by this like massive kind of Lovecraftian horror race of sentient machines that are bent on wiping out all life in the universe and kind of like resetting it and so like you know a lot of people hated on the ending and like when it comes down to it the ending is kind of a palette swap to some extent of of things like there are differences in it but it's also like the whole to me the whole game is kind of like the ending it's kind of like when you watch Mm -hmm. return of the king where it's just kind of like all of this stuff has been set up for so many movies and like things that you found out in the fellowship of the ring are now coming to fruition in return of the king. And it's, you know, it's, it's not the the greatest. I think a lot of times when I I watch return of the king, I'm like, okay, well they could have shortened this up. The last like Mm. 45 minutes could have been streamlined a little bit more. Stop. They just Um, needed to stop fading to black. Yeah, <laughs> which they did shorten in the DVD cuts. The theatrical cuts, it was longer. Those black. Because, <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, I I can see people having some criticisms about some of the ending stuff in in Return of the King, just like they had criticisms about the endings of Mass Effect. But at the same th- time, that's only if you take into account that last like forty five minutes. You know, if you view the entire game as the culmination of the series, if you view Return of the King as the culmination of Return of like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's like, oh man, like this has such a high emotional impact. And so and to like Mass Effect has some of my favorite and to in my opinion, like some of the most well written characters. Like I cared about the yeah. characters. Like even the ones I didn't care ton about like i was still like oh hey you showed up and like you're doing something and like oh you've like kind of like i i don't really like you but you're kind of redeeming yourself you have like a redemption arc that's carried across three games you know like so there's there's just a lot of cool stuff in it um so that 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 would be probably my pick and that's one that like i'm kind of going back slowly and sort of replaying with the the release of the remastered trilogy but it's one that i've only i've only ever played mass effect 3 through like one time just because like that's the it's investment like the last of Us part two it's yeah 
It can be heavy too. Yeah, but it is. It's a continuous payoff because it's not just paying off the end of the series. It's paying off all of the stories that you have observed and participated in. And like, even though Jack's not a companion in Mass Effect 3, if she survives a suicide mission, you find out what happens to her. You help her with something. Miranda, Legion plays kind of a heavy, heavy part in Mass Effect 3. But, you know, like, it's it's continuous payoff. The yeah. whole the whole game is paying off lots of different things that you pick up on and you catch if you've been paying attention if you've sunk a lot of time into the series. Yeah. It Where is, is it? it is the best. Well, up until the very end, it is just the best game. Yeah. The Mass Effect 2 and 3 do this weird inverse thing where like one is the best up until the end and then the other one is like solid up until then and then it becomes the best speaking of the best joe what's your favorite game slash top two games of all time that's uh that's tough because unfortunately steam doesn't have my playtime metrics for every single game <laughs> i've ever played there's that's uh, the criteria there's an I mean, entire we know what number one is well, I don't think World of Warcraft hits like number one because it's, it's not. It's, it's literally not like the game itself. It never has oh, been the game itself. Like not for several years now. But there's like there's like a whole Xbox 360 of who knows how many hours that just will never be known. Um, so if you just had like a gut, so, so keeping like that in mind, your head. I think I have to put number one as Halo Reach. Oh, okay, um, it's a good choice. Because I mean, I I like Halo as a series a whole lot, and I think Reach. I know that for the like the multiplayer purists, Reach was a step back in a few ways, and Reach definitely declined after Bungie handed it over. There there were some balance issues with the the DMR, but overall, as a game, it it in terms of having like all of those modes. All of those modes were decently fun, although I couldn't convince people to play Firefight as much as I would have liked to. It still had three solid modes. Yeah. It was still like no matter who was over or who was online, you could play Reach with them. You could do something like you could play custom maps. So Reach had Forge, right? As well. Yeah. Like, yeah. You so you could play all the custom maps. Yeah. You could play Griff Ball. You could just play regular Team Slayer. And so, like, that is up there for like a number of hours put into a game for me. And that's one too, that like I can, I, I understand like going back to some of the older halo games can be rough as Andrew can attest to, but that's, that's the one where I'm looking forward to like, I think if you are not sure about getting into halo, like reaches is, is really a good place to start with that. Because yeah. It's a good one to reach reaches. For. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right play the end music what, what we're done Shoot, I don't good night everybody <laughs> you're saying something about reach yeah. is the one or something oh, oh that well in terms of like you're trying to get someone into halo who's never played it before oh right right, right. So, so halo halo reach is resembles the modern ones the most resembles like modern gameplay the most and so it's you can Set someone down with Halo Reach and you can say, okay, this is where we're going to end up. Now just bear with me as we play the first <laughs> three. Because the first three do have a better story. Like the story for Reach is not 
super great. I will say that two has been leaps and bounds better than one. It's a it's a three is better than two. Then you know, one is really so far the only one that I'm like, if you're gonna replay all of them in the Master Chief Collection, you could probably just skip one. You'd be fine. Just start with two. And just play one on like super easy. That's what we did. I probably played on normal. Still was an all day of suffering. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just throwing this out here. Maybe Andrew's just bad at Halo. I wasn't the one dying over and over. Uh, That's not what I remember in that library. Okay, Joe. I remember you dying, not knowing where you were going, not looking. All the the walls look the same. Look, I remember you were behind me a whole lot in the library. I'm not saying I didn't die. I'm just saying I remember that was like two of the 17 <laughs> restarts that i was behind you <laughs> anyways reach is a great game though any uh and then so the, the number two <laughs> slot is a hard one to pick it's a toss-up between team fortress 2 and age of empires 2 and i think go with age of empires i'm, fe- I'm leaning on age of empires because my first one is already a shooter i played when i was a teenager <laughs> um <laughs> But Team Fortress 2, RTS, is, I, I have like by far more hours sunk into TF2 on Steam than any other game. But I mean, Age of Empires is like a game that's almost as old as I am. It might actually be older than me. <laughs> I don't think it, it is. Probably is. I don't think so. Um, but it might. So like it had to have come out in like the early 2000s. Yeah, it came out in '99. So it it is it is slightly younger than me. But it's a game that's still installed. Let me see if Steam can tell me the last time I played it. So it's been over a year since I've last played it. Although I guess Age of Empires 2 HD is also somewhere in my Steam library that I now can't find. But I mean, even though it's been a year since I've played it, it's always installed. It's always there. Yeah. Um, I've never like hit a point of going like, "Uh, I'm good. I'm not going to play this again. Um, yeah, so it kind of fits into that category of it will never be uninstalled and I can always go back to it. And it's like in in that moment. I always of, feel like the itch what I do, is I about to get me. I always feel yeah. like, you know what, I, I might want to jump back into that like this weekend. Kind of one of those situations. And it's it's the standard by which I've like measured every RTS against and like every RTS is except for warcraft and starcraft those those are admittedly good but like uh, command and conquer or there was there was one like mars space themed one uh like homeward or homebound something homeworld. like that homeworld tried that too and there's dawn of war all of them they're just like this is uh it's just not it and i'll go play age of empires again and kind of the whole series to an extent i mean i like all of each one in the series, but two just has the most staying power with me. The other, like the first and third are more of a, like when I'm in the mood. Yeah. Well, and two is still so good that they released DLC within the past two is. Yeah. No, two is getting new DLC like this week. Yeah. (laughs) So like there's still updating too. Yeah. Game released in 1999, still getting fresh DLC. Yeah, still getting balance and DLC and all that good stuff. Yeah, it. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it, and it's not just like a you know, like you know, a cult classic that just they can't you know get away from. They're like, ah, but it's free money if we do this. Because I mean, it is. But also, Age of Empires two 
consistently is in the top 100 games on Steam. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's dropped out since it's been on Steam. Yeah. It's the best of the Age of Empires games. Oh, by far. Seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what about um, you? Yeah, my two. my two are pretty what obvious. They be? I'd, I've already I wonder if The out. Witcher 3 and Bloodborne are going to be on this list. Might they be? <laughs> might they be the two games that I asked your daughter what her favorite game was and she said Bloodborne and Witcher. <laughs> At 2, 2 years old. <laughs> Almost 3, just let the record show. But yes, uh the the those are the two Bloodborne like previously mentioned, I really got into last year and just like, fell in love, platinumed it. I don't know if we've mentioned it recently. Dylan and I platinumed that game. Hey, we platinumed uh, that game. I did kind of drag <laughs> Dylan through the end of it. He would have given up probably. <laughs> it's not a giving up. It's a like, I move on with every intention of coming back to it and, nev- and never do. <laughs> but yes, Bloodborne for sure. Like definitely the game that got me into the soul genre. Love the aesthetic, love the world, love the combat, the parry mechanic. Everything about that game is great. Once you kind of accept slash learn how the game wants you to play it, it's just a great time. Uh, And then The Witcher is one of those things. It's just a cross between an excellent RPG. Like pretty much any gamer will tell you that The Witcher 3 is a good RPG, but it also just hit me at a point in my life where like it was the game I needed. It was my escape it was my life i played it over and over it was i preferred living in that world to the real world and so like the witcher 3 not only is just like a fantastic game that anybody can pretty much just sit down and at least appreciate even if they don't see it to the end of like the you know 80 hour campaign but for me it was like the world that i just like you talk about those moments when you realize oh this is this is one of my favorite games of all time. And it's just like, I was just running through Novograd at one point, like listening to the music. And I just like realized the aesthetic, heard the music, saw everything where I was, realized what I was doing. And I was just like, this is it. This is like my favorite game ever. And I've beaten it like four times. I've beaten it on death March twice, which is the hardest difficulty. I have not 100%ed it because there are some like ridiculous achievement slash trophies where it's like light this guy on fire poison him curse him and kill him all within like 10 seconds kind of nonsense but who knows i've been the the that itch that joe was talking about earlier where like i'm always teetering on the edge yeah that's the witcher for me and as soon as they release those next gen like remaster slash updates or whatever i'm diving back in it's inevitable and so maybe then i'll try to 100 percent it but we will see what happens there that is enough of that that is all of our uh favorite games of all time at the time of this recording if you know the the crew does come back together at some point in the future who knows it'll be interesting to see where we all land on this topic then but for this episode let's go ahead and move into our closing game I'm hosting the game for this episode. This will probably be our last game before the hiatus, our uh, episode 100. It's going to be more of a 
casual conversation retrospective look back. It won't be a very traditional episode. So this is the game to end all games. And with that in mind, I tried to do a greatest hits, I guess, like a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Like this is the greatest games there. we've I was played. Say, with yeah. that so in mind, I'm bringing back Google? elevator pitch. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Pitch me the Avatar Witcher from Soft Souls game that you've been <laughs> wanting. No, I, I thought about throwing Elevator Pitch into this mix, but it's like uh, the way this is formatted, it wouldn't really make sense. So I have uh, 10 numbers. I'm going to have each of you pick a number. You are going to compete by yourself in the game that you draw. Okay. and. Like, this is more of a let's just have fun. Like, it's kind of complicated to score it. But let's just say if you succeed in the game, like, you get a point. And then we'll kind of see how it shakes out in the end. But it's more like let's just have fun with this thing. Because each number is like a slice of a game we've played mm. throughout our our history. So, unless anybody has any objections, we can go ladies first. Aubrey can pick a number. Okay, I'll go with four. All right, so number four, you get, oh, this is perfect, the Parental Guidelines game. Ooh, this is pretty good. All right, so I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like eight or nine little blurbs. Okay. And then if you guess the game before I finish, like by the before time I read them all, yeah, it will give you a point. Like I said, this is more about just kind of like a just look, having fun with it. Yeah, like yeah. a look back over what we've what we've been doing, kind of thing. So, what we've been playing, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> you can hire a woman to bathe you in a hotel. It's optional and non-sexual, however. Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Have you played that game? <laughs> no, I saw a video on TikTok where someone was doing that and like a fire started in the inn and it like glitched out. So every time he called a woman in, she would catch fire and die. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he couldn't get out of the bath without calling one of them in, I think. So he just like kept calling women in. He's like, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. And she would walk in and then catch fire and just like scream and fall over. <laughs> wow. Well, you got it. And it makes me feel like an idiot for prepping so hard. But let me go ahead and read the yes, rest. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in a side mission, you can see a naked man from quite far away jump into a river. You can't see his business from that far away, but he is still <laughs> naked and you can't avoid it. His business. Players can kill enemies of the wide arsenal of over 50 weapons. They can choose whether to approach a mission aggressively or peacefully. There are sometimes public executions in towns. Can be missed, but most of them include hanging and absolutely no blood or gore whatsoever. Still very disturbing, though, and the aftermath more than makes up for the violence of them. Heavy drinking is involved between two main characters in one mission, which leads to vomiting. <laughs> I need to replay this game. In the open world, you may find many dead bodies and bloody corpses. This usually isn't too graphic, but can be intense at times and gory. 
There are many emotional moments in the game which may cause some people to cry. This is a masterpiece of a game, and the ending of the story will definitely make adults and older children alike cry. Is this from IMDb or is this? Yes. Okay, okay. yeah, because that, that felt very editorialized. But yeah, also, I was going to say, like, the, I, the, like, the ESRB said this? No, this <laughs> is the IMDb Parental Guidelines game, and gotcha. it will very much make adults and older children cry. And the last one is, at the end of the game, Arthur dies no matter what you do, and his death is far sadder than John's death in the first game. So, <laughs> fuck you, everybody. I just spoiled both games. <laughs> I think the hanging, if I hadn't like seen that video recently, I think the hanging might have clued me in because that would have definitely steered me towards a Western. Yeah. All right. So Aubrey gets a point, I guess. Congrats. Uh, we'll just go by order that I'm looking at you on my screen. Joe, pick a number. One. Number one, the ESRB game. So I will read the ESRB guideline hints and you will try to guess the game. Firefights contain realistic gunfire, explosions, injured enemies scream, and emit exaggerated splashes of blood. Call of Duty? Oh. The uh, S-word, the um, P-word and A-hole can be heard in the dialogue, in addition to language censored by audible bleeps. Mm. Division? <laughs> Not division, all right. Players use machine guns, sniper rifles, flamethrowers, explosives, and weaponized vehicles to heal, kill human-like characters and hostile aliens in frequent combat. Cares of War? No. As players explore open-world environments, they complete missions to gain experience and gain their characters' skills slash abilities. Outriders. One mission requires players to consume three alcoholic beverages from a bar before they can progress. Saints Row 4. The dialogue contains jokes slash one-liners that reference sexual material. I will hang myself from my own tombstone if in you I can't put my bone. That's really weird. If there's anything they love more than getting to second base with their sisters, it's cars. Bacon is for psychophants and products of incest. During some sequences, players can find and collect adult-themed magazines, though no actual nudity is depicted. Borderlands 2? Borderlands 2, <laughs> you got it. So you're going to make me pick the like one in the series when they're all the same game? Uh, the last two. Were... In terms of content, and there's a content. Well, okay. No, no, you no, got no. It. There were only... If I may be Angel Kronk. No, 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 he's got a point. <laughs> there were only two left, which were various weapons result in dismembered limbs or bloody jibs. Some missions depict intense acts of violence, viewing characters getting electrocuted, shooting a man in the face, killing players, incinerating a cult member as part of a ritual um, sacrifice. To be fair, his name was Face McShooty or whatever, and he asked you to shoot him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And the last one was, this is a first-person shooter in which players join a rebel force to take down an oppressive corporation on the fictional planet of Fan Pandora. Fan Pandora. All right. So Fan I guess Pandora. Joe gets a point. Dylan, give me a number that's not one or four. Uh, seven. Let's see. Seven. 20 questions. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. You got it? All right. Uh, was this game 
released on the current generation of consoles. Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, Switch, PC. So you're saying Switch is this generation and not the Xbox One, PS4? Yeah, sure. Then yes. Was it also released on the <laughs> three six or the <laughs> Xbox One, PS4 generation? No. Well. It was released the on the Switch. Switch. Counts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, is this game an exclusive? No. Has someone in LPF played this game? Yes. Is this game a third-person game? No. It's not what you would traditionally think of when is you think game of this. Is this game Hades? The- <laughs> 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 yes, this game is Hades. Okay. <laughs> Do you have access to my document? No. <laughs> But Hades just came out today on Game Pass, so I installed it, and so Hades is on the brain, and you're like, (laughs) weirdness about, like, well, it's on the Switch, but it's not on the Xbox One, and then also, like, it's not a third-person game, how you would traditionally think. I'm like, it's it's Hades. I guess it would be on Xbox One, technically. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I guess it's Game Pass Xbox One now, and PlayStation 4. Cool. All right, Caleb, your turn. (laughs) Pick a number that's not seven, four, or one. Three. Three. You get synonym roll. Nice. Oh, how perfect. Yes. This is Caleb's <laughs> so like, far, these have he's been so like, good. pretty spot on for us. All right. Now, everybody else, resist your urge to help him. <laughs> he's not going to need it. Yeah. Probably never not. know. <laughs> he, he normally gets it about 10 seconds before the rest of us. So, rear considering vital fluid. Back for blood? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I hate it, but congratulations. <laughs> All right, back to you, Aubrey. So one, three, four, and seven have been taken. Let's double my original number and go with eight. Eight. Which hi- has the higher user score on Metacritic? Your options are Halo 3 on the Xbox 360 (sighs) or Uncharted 3 on the PS3. I was hoping Dylan would get this one. (laughs) Just because I specifically picked exclusives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now these are user scores. User scores. I'm going to go with Uncharted 3. So, was Uncharted 3 part of Gamergate? Is that, am I, like, did... That was before my time, Grandpa. I have no idea. I know it was written by Amy Hennig, so I wasn't sure if it was, like, if it could have a lower user score because a bunch of sweaty nerds were like, "Eh, it was written by a woman. (laughs) I I don't know about that, but I will say that Halo 3 has an 8.1 user score. And Uncharted 3 has an 8.4. See? So you were hoping that my Xbox (laughs) bias would get you. (laughs) Would make me pick Halo. Yeah, I was trying to snare you there. All right, Joe. Pick a number that hasn't been picked before. (laughs) Two. Two. We have. Go on, name them. So, because it's just you Ooh, by yourself, Joe's which is classic, them. because Joe usually doesn't 
want to name them. <laughs> you have to name as many as you can. We have done 24 spoiler casts on our podcast. Oh. So these are the episodes that are about a specific game. Go ahead and try to name as many as you can. Hmm. Breath of the Wild, Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk, I think, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yep. Um, we just do one like in the last month. Mm-hmm. We've done <laughs> yeah, two. We've, in the last we've done a couple. <laughs> <laughs> think, th- I'm thinking. One more. Yeah, I'm th- like. <laughs> I've overthought it already. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a freebie slash hint. You hosted one of them. Are you counting Gears of War? You hosted two of them. <laughs> what was the wait, what other one that I host? Yeah, what was the other one? <laughs> you counting WoW? Know. Yeah, you didn't spoil anything, but it was like, it was a game was specific episode. Okay, game specific episode. Maybe, maybe that's a... Yeah, a then, better way to mentally define it. It's not though I'm still, I still am not remembering what we talked about in the last month. Well, you, I don't know that you talked about them in the last month. <laughs> we did a, a what we've been playing, and and so you're up to six, news, and that's like what I remember. Um, if you can get half of them, I'll give you the point. <laughs> no, I'm not getting to half. <laughs> that's only twelve. You're halfway there. You're halfway to half. Yeah, and I'm like, out, I'm out of steam already. I'm not like. Could be run out of steam at like nine or ten <laughs> we, to we, get to twelve. We definitely talked about think of big two games, of the games Joe. on this episode. At least we've talked at <laughs> least about two of them on this episode. <laughs> you were on one of them, <laughs> yeah. With uh, two additional yeah. ones, so you've already yeah, gotten I'm, Breath of the Wild. So. Yeah, I'm not going to give you any more hints. I've already given you the ones you hosted. Okay, what did I rattled off? Surely we've done one on The Witcher Three. Yep, that was yep. the other one. You did that one, yes. Braden. We have to have done one on Dark Souls, and to some not. extent, well, we did a kinda. we did a Dark Souls episode. It was I'll 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 give it yeah. We'll, we'll keep we it going. We did talk about Dark list? Souls one. We'll, and we'll call it twenty five. Uh, Hades. Yeah, so Hades. Yep, that was where your classic spoiler warning came from. Uh, That's what nine. else? <laughs> Is there an opportunity for the rest of us to chime in on the things that <laughs> we can? I, guess I don't know. If does, does Animal like Crossing count? Like, I wouldn't consider Animal that a Crossing's spoiler there, cast, yep. but no. But it was a very episode. Like, it was a game specific. You can't really spoiler Animal Crossing. So, did, but I did put it on the list. So that's ten. And we already counted World of Warcraft, right? Yep. There's a few more of these that you've been on. Yeah. I just want to point that out. I can out. think of three that he's been on for sure. <laughs> just off the top that of doesn't... my head. Two games that came out like last year? The year before? Oh, I have to keep so a word doc of not... games I've played this year. That's fair. I'll be a That's better fair. draw. I'm so happy with this. <laughs> you've got ten. If you can like, get I might more, actually have a memory deficiency. <laughs> I, I do too. It's called being a dad. I'm <laughs> memory just goes out the window. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple more that you've been on <laughs> like that. <laughs> Including the very first episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That was what Bastion? 
There you go. It's 11. (laughs) (laughs) Does the name Jesse Faden mean anything to you, Joe? (laughs) Say that again? Nope. No. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse Faden. (laughs) Or how about Cal Kestis? What was his name? Oh, my gosh. Oh, from Fallen Order? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was over a year. That was at least over a year ago. I've, no. That, that's 12. Do you want to let other people no, try yeah, to guess go, the rest? Like, okay. Finish them so out. So there was definitely Control. Control's um, on there. Well. Near Automata was Nier the recent one. Near is on there, yes. Final Fantasy VII. Yes. The Last seven. of Us Part One. Yes. And Part Two. And Part Two. He said Part Two. Oh, right. Okay. Um, right. Did he say God of War? I know he said Gears of War. Nope, God of War's on there. God yep. of War. Uh, Spirit Fair. Yeah, Spirit Fair is on there, which Joe was on that episode. Division 2. Division 2, that's a good throwback. Dylan's first episode. How many are left? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. We did a Tales from the Borderlands. Yep, Tales from the Borderlands is on there. Hmm. Can I throw out the one that really irritates me about Joe real quick? It's your show, sure. man. It's your podcast. <laughs> it takes two. <laughs> Did we do a whole episode about that? Just me and you, buddy. Wasn't that only like a month and a half ago? <laughs> we streamed the game, then we did the episode. I don't remember doing an episode about it. <laughs> yeah, we sure and a ha- we sure did. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll I'll send you the link after this. <laughs> <laughs> you find it wherever you get your podcasts. I think at the end you said uh, I'm about out of my words for the day, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think what, there's like yeah. four left. What were the others? Like, I'm all right, so we got the two Spider-Man games with yep. Phil from yep. Wait for It. Mm. We've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Dylan. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. And Resident Evil Village. Oh, yep. yeah, that was okay, recent. We, we should have gotten that one, too. <laughs> so going down, there. The, going down the list real quick, we got Bastion, Division 2, God of War, Red Dead 2, Gears of War, Last of Us, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, Animal Crossing, Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Breath of the Wild, World of Warcraft, Witcher 3, Spirit Fair, Tales from the Borderlands, Hades, Cyberpunk, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Control, Resident Evil Village, It Takes Two, Joe, and Near Automata. <laughs> I, I kind of feel again. like you guys might need to replay It we Takes Two to, replay to work through these issues. <laughs> we just need to play that music level again, Joe. That's all we need. That was such a good level. All right, cool. So Joe technically got the point for that. That means it's Dylan's turn. Uh, How many did you say there were? Ten? Ten, yes. I'll, I'll do ten then. Number 10 is another synonym role because it's definitely our most uh, utilized. classic utilized game. So, <laughs> Dylan. Yeah. Gloom Heart. Gloom Heart? Dark Souls? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Could not be anymore. I was kind of hoping Aubrey would get that, but yeah. <laughs> Anybody else read the Ink Heart book series? I saw the movie. I sure didn't. Delaney is the movie with Brendan Fraser. Is yes, that- it is. Yeah, that's why right, I watched so it. Caleb, I think yes. Andy Circus. 
You can choose between nine, six, five, and I think that's it. Nine, six, and five. Nine? Nine is what's in my pockets. So I will read. Riddle? I will read five inventory items from a game, and you have to guess the game. Okay. We've played this game? Well, we played it definitely during the Thanksgiving special that you didn't show up for and put me through literal hell. <laughs> um, I was unsure if I had COVID, and uh, we've Delaney probably would have shown up anyway. So it would have just <laughs> been I would have, have experienced. <laughs> I would have experienced. She would have been worse if she wasn't hosting the game. Let's be it clear on been, that. It would have been your hell if you would have been there, not mine. <laughs> no, we would have shared it. <laughs> but I think uh, to your earlier question, we have played this at least once more, maybe twice. But yes, the idea for those that haven't listened to the Thanksgiving special is that they will be vague and lead to obvious. As I go along, and then at the end, when you finally get it, the whole room will go, oh, that would have given it away. Well, that would have given it away. Drink. Apple. Oh, Mike got so far away from us. But what's the thing? Apple. Oh. Skyrim? Leather scraps? Oblivion? Monster Claw. Mm-hmm. Oh, Monster Hunter. <laughs> Bounty Hunter's... Gambison. Gambison? Gambison? It's a it's a upper body <laughs> armor. <laughs> this is perfect. This is one of the ones yeah, that like the the, the, the one of the few people that <laughs> this wouldn't have immediately been obvious to. Throw throw out a guess and I'll give you the final one that would have given it away. Bloodborne? Final hint. The Griffin Silver Sword. To everyone else silver in the room, this sword. makes silver sword. Okay, well, oh, the silver Griffin sword. Silver, silver sword. Switcher <laughs> three wild hunt. There it is. <laughs> well, that would have given it away. <laughs> Apparently yes, not. Drink. <laughs> All right, back to Aubrey. You can guess between six and five. It looks like six. Six is trophy hunter. So I will read the title of a trophy slash its description, trophy slash achievement, and you will try to guess the game. So number one, bookworm, find 25% of all documents. Rise of the Tomb Raider. (laughs) Two, lethal purchase, wait, lethal, purchase all skills in a category. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Three, tastes like chicken. Kill and loot ten small animals. Rabbits, chickens, rats. Dylan's making that face like he knows what it is. He doesn't get to help you, though. I know. Mm, Assassin's Creed Origins. Widowmaker. Kill 40 enemies with the shotgun. Not Assassin's Creed Origins. (laughs) (laughs) The shotgun. Killing small animals, collecting... Red Dead Redemption? One smart cookie. Complete one optional tomb. Tomb Raider? Just regular Tomb Raider? Yep. I was going to give it to you for your first guess, but I wanted to go through the rest of the prompts. But yeah, you got the actual one, which is the first Tomb Raider. Okay. Tomb Raider. 
when you yeah. didn't give it to her for Tomb Raider, I was like, oh, it's Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, no, I, I, I was like, okay, I'll give it to her for that one, but that was the first prompt, so I'm going to go through the rest go of them. Go through the just, rest of them. Yeah, just for fun, and then... Yeah, part of yeah, me kind of wished that. I'd waited to guess Red Dead Redemption 2 until, like, later on, because you'd prepared so many, and they're so funny. <laughs> All right, Joe, you get number five. This is the final one. Are you ready for this? Do I have a choice to not be ready? It's called <laughs> I Got It From Google. No, yes. I'm just kidding. That game is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this is the top games of a genre on Metacritic. It's almost so, as good as Got It From Google. It's basically the same thing. This is the top games of all time. Skipping duplicates. I have the top 10. Top 10 in general? Top 10 on Metacritic. All right. Of all uh, time. Ocarina of Time. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Um, is, is that not on there? Oh, no, no it, it is. That's where okay. I start running out of stud of <laughs> oomph. You got eight more. Uh, <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Yep. Planescape Torment. Nope. What? <laughs> what? I will say. Looking at this list, Plain. there was a recent edition that I had never heard of that I, that came out recently that I'm like, what? Okay, I really feel like I should check this game out because I saw it on uh, like a top of the genre list and then I saw it on the top of all time and I was like, hmm, well, what is I it? I need to go check that out. Well, keep guessing. That's the some game. More. That's the game, Joe. <laughs> I want you to Monster like, Hunter Rise. miss like two more times. No, no. How dare you act like that couldn't possibly be that on there? Not possibly be on there. That is also for our, our listeners at home, Planescape is one of the computerized D and Ds they made back in like the nineties, and it shows up on a lot of top top lists. Uh, Divinity Original Sin two. Okay, so you didn't get it, but I'll run down the list. So we have Ocarina of Time, Tony Hawk Pro Skater two, Grand Theft Auto four. I'm going to skip the one that's weird. Soul Calibur, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy 2, Red Dead 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, Breath of the Wild. So those are the ones that have been there. They've sat there for a while. The weird one is the House of Morgana Dreams of the Revenants edition. It's got like a 98 on Metacritic and it came out on Switch like this year or last year. Oh, please let it be some bizarre glitch where it's one of those search and find games that I play because the title sounds like it. I don't know. Just not have based on eight reviews. So that's part of the explanation. So that's why. So that's why it's sitting up there is because nobody's. Yeah, it does say visual novel in the the byline. But it, like, I saw it like two or three times. And it's like a remake of another. Yeah, it's a it's an edition, like the Dreams of Revenant. Now you can edition. get it for twenty four bucks on Steam. Yeah, well, why don't you do that and let me know how it is? Uh, this looks like an Aubrey game. <laughs> looks like sounds like an is, Aubrey game. This looks like Aubrey would play this and tell us if it's good. All right, well, I think that's Give all me of bucks. the uh, the greatest hits right there. So I think that's everything. Did, was anybody keeping score? Or where did we net out? Uh, Aubrey has three. Joe, I guess, gets two if you're not giving him the point on that one. 
No, and then Caleb and I also have two, but we only went twice. So Aubrey wins. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We'll give it to Aubrey. Congratulations. You're the champion of level playing field. You won the final game, and that's how this works. Um, Thank so you. You're, you're will... officially revoking the champion status? From? I mean, you. From Fantasy you, Critic? You claim that you're the he champion. You will at the end of the year to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a separate thing, but. There there was a point where like somebody put out like I would make an avatar game or I would make a Dark Souls based on Lord of the Rings and it's like, well, it's hard to beat that. But as far as the closing games have gone for the show over the last however many episodes, Aubrey won the last one and I'm not going to be bothered to go back and tally up over like the averages of who's won the most. It's probably Caleb. I will wear a tiara to the final episode. All right. Well, if you don't subscribe to our YouTube, definitely do it for that. With that being said, this episode's gone long, but does anybody else have anything they want to say before we close this one out? I would like to give a special shout out to Animal Crossing Wild World and New Leaf, (laughs) among my top favorite games, and to Majesty. Uh, number yes. one majesty fan cast the number one majesty <laughs> podcast and with that i just want to say thanks for checking out this episode of the number one majesty podcast we hope you enjoyed it again please go check out our website levelplayingfieldgaming.com where you can find all of our socials and our youtube channel and anything else you could possibly want from that website you can also write into us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com if you want to throw anything out there for that final episode before we call it quits and a big thank you to my co-hosts aubrey joe dylan and caleb and an even bigger thank you to all of our listeners out there and anybody who has supported us in any way up to this point. We really appreciate your support. Now, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.